Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, it's your old pal Wilson, and we're bringing you the 12 Days of Richmas. <laughs> yeah, we went there. I'm sorry about that. These are the 12 most listened to episodes of 2023. Enjoy. Insane in the membrane. Hello, mate. <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. I've got a rotten, this horrible flu thing. I'm just at the tail end of it, so I apologise now for the coughing that That's will right, happen. That's right, mate. I've just had that. It's fucking brutal. Oh, mate. I was out for two weeks, and I, I was just saying to Paul, I still can't hear at the minute, so I've got my hearing aids on full whack. Oh, mate. I'm struggling a bit, so if I don't, if I ask you to repeat yourself, sorry about no, that. That's fine, don't worry about that, that's all good. I was going to say I cough when I laugh, but, you know, if it's your jokes, I'll be all right, won't I? Ah, for fuck's sake, you know what? I died already. <laughs> I had this, <laughs> I was on a, I was doing a podcast the other day for someone else, and uh, they were yeah. asking me, like, comedy, my comedy influences, and I was talking about Norm MacDonald, and I just went, I went, oh, you know, he was a big influence on me. The fact that he could tell a story for about half an hour... And then the punch line would be really shit, but he still didn't care. He just like he just kept doing it. And then and then Kate, my missus from the kitchen, went, "Is that why you've got shit punchlines?" <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, you cheeky mate. fuckers. <laughs> Fine, you mate. know it's out of love. Know, you know it's out of. It's love. It's a working class thing, isn't it? If they're taking the piss, it means they like. Then you. they love you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's 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 how it is. And yeah, I wasn't. I was. I. I've, do you know what? It looked like I was on my phone just dicking about. But I've been. I've just been. I've just. I've had this sudden surge of create of um. What do you call it? Of just getting shit done. I'm like fucking right. So. Just, oh, give me some of that, no, will you? I don't. It doesn't have very often. <laughs> when it does, you have to make hay when the sun shines, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I people keep going. Well, they keep going to me. Oh, it's ADHD, mate. I'm going. If it is, I'm not going to go and get a diagnosis. I'm just not. All right. I don't, I'm just. It, it is what it is. I don't need to label it. I'll just. I'll be fine. <laughs> See, I felt the other way because by labelling it for me went made me go, oh, well, then I don't feel so shit about it because it's not my fault. Well, that's it. I didn't, yeah, I think, because, yeah, there was an element of that. But I think also mm. there's just a part of me. I do need, I, I'm, I, when I do pull my socks up, I'm, I'm all right. It's when I don't. It's when I just let it slip. And I don't know if that's, I think that's just who I am. I think just sometimes. Mate, we've I'm had this discussion in the car. Yeah. You've got ADHD. Just, just. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> Just accept well, it and move on. I think all performers have. That's why we've got. That's why we are this side of the. That's why we are this side of the wall. I'm sure I've said this to you before. I'm more surprised by comedians that don't have ADHD than I am by ones who do. Why the fuck are they doing this job? Yeah. If they're just, able yeah. to do a normal job, do one. <laughs> You're just getting away, you right, fuckers. Then. Well, but this this flu thing, we had it. Kate and I had it over Christmas, and it was awful. It was like it was one of those things. You know, like you can feel something happening. And then you're mm. like, well, I, you just, I don't know if it's because you're busy and you kind of go, look, I ain't got time for it. Or I don't know, I don't, or maybe it was just, it wasn't, it, that wasn't what it was. But it was like, the, it was like, the, the, it was like Christmas Eve. And I'm like, I feel fucking dreadful. And then yeah. Kate was the same. And then we were, just, we were just in bed for Christmas. It was, it was horrible. Oh, mate. I got it. Well, I think I got it on Boxing Day. I went to a friend's house on Boxing Day. And lots of friends were there. Yeah. And one of them had a bit of a cold. And then the next right. day, like eight of us wiped out or two days later. And Matt had a bit of a sore throat for a day, but I was completely, honestly, it, way worse than when I had COVID. Yeah. And I'm still, it's like over two, excuse <coughs> me, over two weeks now. And I'm still, I'm still got it really. I think last week was the first week I felt 
that I was on the mend. It's that yeah. it's that bad, and it is. Yeah, it's when I I remember having COVID the first time, and just obviously not knowing what it was because it was the weirdest feeling I've ever had. Yeah. Where you just had no energy, but you didn't feel you didn't feel like recognisably ill. You just knew something was up. Yeah. And you couldn't do anything. Yeah. You just had to just sort of lay there. It was weird. Yeah. Well, this was a bit like that. At first, I was so convinced it must be COVID because it felt similar okay. to when I had COVID, but then it just got... Well, I was hallucinating and all sorts. It was... Oh, really? Yeah, this one's been horrible. Yeah. But anyway, we're on the way out of it now, so it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. You just got to... Yeah, just keep just keep doing what you're doing. Keep the keep the fluids flowing. you got to keep that... Plenty of water, plenty of hot That's drinks. It. And just... You'll be yeah. all right. Honestly, next week, you'll start feeling better. It's it's about it's a good couple yeah. of weeks, but yeah. But the thing is, because you've got is it glue ear? Did you say you've got? Yeah, that's it. So my ears are blocked, and I can't clear them at the minute. And so I mean, I wear hearing aids anyway, mm. but at the moment they're just I've got them full blast, and I can just about hear you. But I had a meeting with my agent yesterday. I went up to London. It's my first time out of the house really yeah. in a few weeks, and. Um, we sat in this noisy cafe, and I was like, I can't, I just can't hear you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? When, who was I with? I was, so last night I was talking to a mate of mine, and he's got, he's like that. If, if you go, if you go somewhere with him and it's busy, he mm. can't, he can't talk to you. He has to, he has to, he has to be quiet, otherwise he can't focus. Yeah, on, yeah. On it. I think he's got ADHD as well. He's a, he's a, a tattooist and a jeweler. He makes his own jewellery, so. Oh, Wow. So he's in. So he's a, a creator as well. So so he's creative. I think yeah. creative people. I think creative people have got ADHD. That's why we can't sit at a desk and shuffle. Absolutely, paper. and why? Because when you get obsessed with something, you know, you say about mm. being um, having to make the most of when you feel productive. Yeah. But I think those times come, and you, when those times do come. I'm productive to the detriment of everything else in my life. Like, I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to do anything. I won't wash. I won't... Because I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm in the zone. And I feel like I have to make the most of when that happens because it's so rare. Yeah. Then that everything else gets goes to shit around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. productive. <laughs> and then you sort of come out the other side and go, my house is a tip. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I've got all the washing piled up. I haven't washed me. I haven't got any clean pants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was doing, because I was so into the, I was so productive. I was sending the emails, booking guests for the podcast, and I was like properly into it. That I forgot I'm going on my honeymoon next week, and I'd put oh, gigs in. I put gigs oh. in. I was oh, like, mate. yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a nightmare for that. Didn't so, you have gigs like the day after your wedding? Oh, that, well, that in my defence, that was <laughs> that was because it was next. It was next up. Um, yeah. And they said we really like you, really like your show, and we and we've we've had a space come up, uh, and it, but it's on this date. Yeah. And I spoke to Kate. I went, look, I know we're getting married on Monday, but this has come up on the Tuesday. What do you reckon? And she went, yeah, absolutely, fucking yeah. It's not like we're going anywhere. So, so we yeah. had the luckily. I didn't get too shit faced. I, I had every time I had a drink and I put it down, someone had it. So. <laughs> um, that I think that worked as well in my favour because then the next day we went up to Manchester and we recorded at the Frog and Bucket. So it was no. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken a gig like a gig gig. But no, it was like, it's just but, fun yeah. to take the Mickey out of your rig. That's do you know what? Is. Do you know what though? I say that. <laughs> I reckon I would have done. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. You're saying all that in my defence. You're just lucky you had an excuse. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm so full of shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you are. But I love hearing it. <laughs> and nodding along, going, all right, Rich. Yeah, you tell yourself that, mate. You tell yourself that. I believe you. Do you know how many times I do that? I go through and I'm like, well, I only had it. And then by the end of the sentence, I'm actually, I come back the other way and I go, actually, there, yeah, that's bollocks what I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> I have this like oh. argument with myself throughout the sentence. And go, <laughs> so I go, do I mean that? Is that yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I start off kidding myself, and then halfway through, I have this realization of what I'm doing, and then I go, "No, nah, actually, you're talking shit, Rich. That's bollocks. You would have if the, if they'd have given you a hundred quid to go and do a gig, you'd have gone and done it. You fucking belly. <laughs> Kate, still be in her wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing a double that night? Yeah, I've yeah, got my yeah. wedding and uh, 20 oh. at the Frog and Bucket. <laughs> if someone had said to me, because we, you, you were there, we got married in Brighton, yeah. and we were at, the, we were at, the, the, at the, the, the party afterwards, and if someone had said to me, Rich, you about, mate, can you nip over and do this gig in Brighton for 100 you quid? I would have probably just slid off, jumped in an Uber. 
and then nip back and then everyone will go, oh, you right, mate? Oh, no, yeah, I was talking to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Do you know, I'm laughing, but I know you would have done it. I don't doubt that for one <laughs> millisecond. Like, oh, we've got a dropout of comedian. Are you about? Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> Just don't post about it on social media. Yeah, exactly. Just don't leave it unlisted, yeah? Yeah. Um, Cool, you've dressed up for this gig, Rich. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my, that's my new... <laughs> wow, what's, what's with the flower in your lapel? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we are, we are, this is the thing with comedians, isn't it? It's this, I think... I, I don't know if it's a working class thing again. Mm. It's that if someone offers you money, you go, I'm, I've got to take it, because I, I don't know if I'll get offered it again. Well, I've been talking about this a lot recently, because I... Uh, I think it is a working class thing. It's a freelancer thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort yeah, of worry that if you say no to something, they won't ask you again. Um, and I know I'm really bad for that. And I end up saying yes to gigs that I know when I book them in. I know when I put them in my diary. Yeah. But when that comes around, I'm going to be really cross with myself that I've agreed to do that because, you know, I'm busy or it's, you know, I've worked hard to get to a point where I don't have to drive six hours to do a gig for 50 quid or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but part of it is that feeling of who the fuck do you think you are turning down work? Because in my family, you don't turn down work. Exactly. You don't. Yeah, no. You know? And and also, like, that, that feeling of, oh, you think you're too good for this gig, do you? You think you're too Billy Big Bollocks to go drive six hours to Manchester for an open spot or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> who do you think you are? It's that... There's part of that in it, not sort of valuing your own time and thinking that you're not, you know, it's difficult to put worth on yourself when you're, you don't have a lot of self-confidence, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, to value your own time and stuff. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, and yeah, it's just being a people pleaser. We're people pleasers. We're stand-up comics. That's exactly what we are. We, yeah. we go on stage and ask a room full of strangers to love us. You know, and we're addicted to that. We're addicted to strangers loving us. So when someone asks us to do something, our default is to go, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Because it will make you happy. Rather than, yeah, will it make me happy? And is it something I need to do? <laughs> yeah. And but I think the, the, the longer you do this, the more value you, you have in yourself. Do you know what I mean? You kind of, you get, like any job, any job, the longer you do it, the better you get at it. And the more people in that in that industry like respect you because they recognise that you're good at it, otherwise you you wouldn't still be doing it. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you do get to a point where you go, look, as much as I want to go to Manchester for fifty quid or whatever, I don't. I think I've done that now. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of it's not being big. Like you say, it's not Billy Billy big big bollocks or being big headed. It's like yeah, yeah. I've done that. I've so I've earned I've earned my place. Yeah, well, absolutely. And the industry would not judge you for that. It, no. but it's, it's that voice in my head that judges myself for it or or tells me that the industry will judge me for it, even though they wouldn't. You know, people would actually say, if I was being offered, a particularly with the, you know, way petrol prices are and stuff at the minute, you have to really justify driving a long way for a gig. It has to be financially worthwhile. It's your job. It's your yeah. what you pay the mortgage with, you know? And, um, and that shouldn't be something you feel bad about. But that voice in my head tells me people think you're up yourself. There's no yeah, evidence exactly. of that at all in the real world. Nobody's ever gone, oh, she thinks she's something that she wouldn't, you know, do this gig for minus money. Um, <laughs> no one thinks like that. But that no. voice in my head is always worried about what people are thinking of me. Oh, definitely. We And that, there is that assumption that people are thinking of, about you at all when really they're not. Oh, mate, yeah. And the amount of times I try and have a word with myself about that, where you have all these ideas of what people think about you or how they perceive you and all of that. You go, the truth of the matter is, you haven't crossed their mind since the last time you saw them. No. You know, you haven't crossed their mind because they're busy people with lives and they think about the people they see day to day and they're not thinking about you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be, you know, you know, there might be a time when, you know, they ask you to do something and you, and you couldn't do it. Like last minute, you might have let them down, but, mm. and it would have been, a, um, they would have been mildly irritated at the time, but they're not, there's not a picture of you on the wall in their kitchen when they're throwing darts at it. <laughs> and, you know, they're wandering around, wondering how they can get you back and hating you. 
they're just like that's what you're worried about though yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. if you let someone down that'll be it that bridge burnt forever that <laughs> Kai cut forever and I'm always sort of I always have in mind that um that thing of you know I do bits of telly or whatever but I don't take any of it for granted and I think particularly with the, the comedy circuit that's the grassroots that's the thing where I think whatever happens with my career that's the way I can go and make a living is by going out on the circuit. And, yeah. you know, it's harder, getting harder and harder to make a living on the circuit as cost of living goes up and the fees stay the same. But it's something I could do. So I never want to take that for granted and I never want to neglect that skill of being able to play the clubs and stuff. And I'm always aware of going, don't get cocky. Don't think that now you're a TV comic, you know, because one mm. day you you won't you're not getting any younger you're pushing 50 which as you know as a woman on telly is i think illegal um so <laughs> you know yeah. make sure that you don't piss off the or don't bite the hands that feed you basically yeah 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 do you know what it's funny though i think i think ageism is still a real problem in this industry there was a there was a i saw a list of comedians i think it's for comedy central and i don't think there was anyone over the age of 40 yeah it really is. Uh, I think for yeah. men and women, particularly for women, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, they'll, they'll let one of you through. Yeah, and it's it's if you you know if you're not young and or beautiful, what are you for? And and an interesting thing I've noticed. It, sorry, I can hear my voice is getting really. I wish I had one of those voices that when you've got a cold was sexy. I haven't. I've got one that just sounds <laughs> like a teenage boy. But anyway, um, I've had a cough and it's cleared it a bit. So that's there good. you go. Lovely. Some of that mucus. That's nice. Mm, I had, when, when I had it, I, I just kept fantasising about running my head under a hot tap, like oh. just flushing out all the pipes. You just think, right, in the human brain, there needs to be a point where you can go, okay, can you just stop making mucus now because I don't think we need it anymore. <laughs> like, this, the, the disease is gone. Yeah. Why are you still making all this... <laughs> stuff to fight it it's gone now just stop it uh, this is the thing i've been cutting out i was like i thought maybe it's dairy so i cut down on dairy trying i think i thought it was bread and so i'm cutting down on that and then you're like and then it's still there and you're like well what, what am i supposed to do just drink water all day yeah basically just, yeah yeah you just gotta sit it out that's all you can do with stuff like that is sit it out wait till it's done yeah but um, yeah going back to ageism yeah so i think um there's a, a sort of particularly it is a problem for men as well but i think particularly for women there's i've noticed that one thing that's great in the 10 years that i've been doing stand-up um and i think because of my age people think i've been doing it a lot longer than that mm. but i haven't uh if, but even in that relatively short time there's a huge sea change in the amount of female comics on tv now which is brilliant yeah it's getting close to 50 50 on tv shows it is the representations there a, a young girl now watching comedy on telly isn't gonna think oh I, that's not for me that's for the boys mm. which is brilliant but i think i have noticed and i think it's a comp it's largely because of things like instagram because we're so visually focused now that Yes, there are more women on telly, but the beauty standards for women on telly have got higher. Yeah. So previously, if you were a comedian, it doesn't matter what you look like, right? You're telling, and for men, I think that's still the case. You know, there's a vast range of from good looking till to not good looking men on TV doing comedy. That's not a consideration, really. You don't have to be hot to be a man. No. Doing In fact, it goes against. If you're a hot man, it goes against you. Yeah, yeah, it can do because people, you know, yeah. it's that idea that people aren't listening to what you're saying if they're just lusting after you or whatever. <laughs> and also, because yeah. I think as a male comic, you want the lads to be on your side, right? So if they're worried their bird fancies you, yeah. they're not on your side. But um, I've just noticed that more and more it seems to be that there are, and I'm not saying that the women that are fronting a lot of comedy shows aren't good comedians. I'm just saying that now you have to be a good comedian and if at all possible be fit and skinny yeah and, or if you're yeah. not if you're not at what they see what they deem to be you know good looking or whatever fit or whatever it is if you're like a larger person or you know so you have to be quirky yeah. then you have to be quirky or you have to dress in yeah. a certain way to kind of like almost look eccentric or yeah. do you know what i mean like have a bit be a bit quirky you can't just be yourself yeah, you it can't seems. just be a normal woman on TV, yeah. yet TV is full of normal-looking men. 
full of them. Mm. Um, yeah, and that I find really frustrating uh, because it what you know it, it's just not quite what we were aiming for. <laughs> like yeah. we're getting there, we're getting close, and then suddenly there's this oh, but now you have to have a stylist, and but you know I the amount of female comics that have stylists now that blows my mind when I first started doing telly it didn't even occur to me to get someone to style me no. um, which is probably very evident from what I wear on telly <laughs> um, you always look great but you know I just, yeah. it's just it's not something I give a toss about and not something I want to spend my money on to be honest um, no you should be able to just wear whatever you should be able to just you're be. comfortable with yeah yeah and um, this idea that that you have to be visually pleasing as well and, and it's not just in comedy it's across tv full stop really that mm. if you're a woman that men can't imagine wanting to have sex with then why are you there yeah i think that's just i think that's across the board i don't even think it's in in the arts or entertainment mm. i think it's in it's in all all walks of life still there's still mm. that you know there's that thing of the you know the, there's a person that will be like hugely qualified for the role might not get it because of what they look like yeah, or, you know, and whereas another person that hasn't got that, not as qualified, but is more—I don't know. There's something else about them that's you know, more aesthetically pleasing, yeah. maybe, and they'll get the job. I think it's one of the biggest sort of isms that we don't like to confront um, is uh, people being judged on how they look because we all do it. We all judge yeah, people yeah. on how they look, um, but it is really reinforced by media. And making that gender difference of, you know, because in real life, we know, we know intellectually that, you know, your Instagram influencers don't look like that if you met them on the street. You yeah. know, we know that. So why don't we accept that on our screens? Why on our screens do we have to see this perfect version of people? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's such an impossible standard. And so to, to a young girl who wants to be a comedian now, I feel like you've got to say, well, you better start learning how to do makeup and how to wear clothes and how to... That shouldn't be part of it. No, shouldn't. Not at all. It's just, just um, be funny. Are you funny? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I, you know, as a woman who has the audacity to be on telly sometimes, I often get abuse on Twitter or whatever. You know, it's just part of the package. You, mm, but yeah. The, the, a lot of it is about how I look in a way that a male comic just doesn't get. They just don't. No, you're right, actually. Having seen a source, I've seen, yeah, everybody that's, that, yeah, women that are on telly, you do you do get so much shit. Mm. And, and I, yeah, watching, um, like, the shit that people got from all, all television programmes, mm. Traitors and everything, Love the Apollo, Everything is it's always about how that person looks. Yeah. And it's and it is women that get it. Is I I've having you know, I rarely get people saying things to me about what I look like. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? It's never Yeah, it's I never get hit with like. And also as a woman, it's about how you behave. Your behaviour is policed much more as a woman because if you're not being what is deemed to be ladylike, then how mm. dare you? Um the, the most abuse I've ever got for anything I've done on TV was from doing Richard Osman's House of Games, which is a tea time quiz show, for goodness sake, right? Yeah. And one of my favourite things I've ever done, but I had the audacity to be good at it. Um, oh, right. And people didn't like it. I, they felt I should have been more... And I wasn't... You know, I've watched it back. I wasn't like being, ha-ha, look at me, I'm brilliant at this. That's not in my nature to be like that. I was just... It's just... Was in my skill set. I was just good at it. And so... And it just so happened, particularly the first time I did it, the people I was on with weren't so good at it. And so I kept winning. Um, and there was this idea that I should have set back and, and let them win. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, how dare yeah, yeah. I, as a, a working class woman or whatever, that I should have held back and not answered the questions. I'm like, do you know what? I fought my whole life with people underestimating my intelligence because of where I'm from and how I sound. Yeah. So I'm not going to go on telly and pretend I don't know the answers to questions just so I don't hurt someone else's ego. I'm not going to do that. No. You know, um, and there's this idea that there's a way that you should behave, that you should be demure, you should speak when spoken, demure rather, speak when spoken to, you know, don't have too many opinions. So as a woman on telly, you're 
your whole behavior, your whole demeanor is policed in a way that it just isn't. You're allowed to be angry if you're a man. If you're angry as a woman on TV, you're hysterical and mad woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're allowed that your opinions aren't as valid because you're obviously not as educated. You're obviously not as, you know, there's that calm down, dear. You don't know what you're talking about attitude. Yeah. Which is just bullshit, but that you're policed in such a different way in the public eye as a woman. And it's not, it's, a lot of it's about how you look, but a lot of it is behaviour policing as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas, yeah, like you say, a man can get away with a lot more being, it's, mm. yeah. And it's, you know what, it's funny, talking about, even down to, like, we're talking about how you look. When you look at, when you look at fashion, uh, like, like clothes shops and things like that, and they'll call it plus size. When it's a woman, it's plus size. Oh, look at her. This is a plus. This is for plus size people. But when it's men, it's like, and this, these jeans come in triple XL. Like it's like yeah. mighty and strong. It's like, yeah, look at you, big man. Fuck big hero man. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Your jeans are bigger than your car. Fucking. <laughs> Whereas but, women, it's like, well, this is, oh, look at you. You've, well, it's, it's, the, it's the taking yeah. up of space. People don't like it when women take up too much space. Be that in physically, be that in a conversation, be that in a game. If you know, how dare you talk when there's men around who should be talking? How dare you take that space? How dare you fill that gap? You know, there's yeah. a you have to be small and you have to, you know, keep your um, yourself in check a bit as a mm. woman. You're not allowed to misbehave. You're not allowed to. Uh, step out of order or play or take up space yeah and then there's that thing of employers will uh, would rather take on a man than a woman for a role because they go and there's that excuse of well you know she'll probably go off and want to have babies oh and, mate what? do you know i i won't name them because it, i didn't get this firsthand um i got this through a, a colleague um but there is a comedy club and uh, recently the promoter i'll tell you who it was off air rich but, um, yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> where the promoter literally said to a woman and thought it was perfectly fine to say this, that the reason they don't book many women is because they get women in as regular comics and then what if they go and have babies and then they can't gig for a year? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? And also, so this, this colleague of mine responded by sending him loads of photos of female comedians doing their job while heavily pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads of, like, you know, Catherine Ryan's been on telly doing stand-up heavily pregnant. Several people have done the Apollo yeah, while Kelly heavily Convy. pregnant. Kelly Convy. You know, it's bullshit. Yeah. But also, even if it wasn't bullshit, what are you talking about? We don't work for you full-time. You're not... What? That's not yeah, a reason yeah, yeah. to not book a woman comedian because some point down the line she might have a baby and you can't book her for a year. Yeah. So book so someone we, else for that year. <laughs> you're probably What's... not going to. The thing is, you do a club. You know, you don't do them all the time anyway. Like you said, you yeah. do it every few months or every year. So it makes no fucking difference. It was such a mad thing. He was obviously <laughs> so desperately trying to come up with excuses as to why his booking policy was so shit. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was the best yeah. he could come up with. I mean, I don't, don't get me. I I understand that because um, I have this conversation with a few few bookers because they're always when they turn around and they go right. Do you know of any newer acts that are coming through that are any good? And you always give the list, and that's how you make a difference. By like the other day, I got asked for. Um, have you, do you know of any like decent female uh, comedians that can MC? I sent him this big list, and that's how you that's how you make the changes. Yeah. Is you know what I mean? Like, don't be in a green room with a promoter. And go. Oh, by the way, I, I see there's no women on this bill. I'm not going on. That's not how you do it. You're gonna, yeah. fuck, you know, but, you're just gonna get people's backs up. Yeah. But there is a way to point there's it out. I think it. there's nice yeah. ways to point it out because I do think sometimes promoters because it's so ingrained. I think sometimes they don't notice no. that their bills don't have any women. In it. They just don't notice. Mm. And so if you do start getting arsy going, well, there's no women on this bill. But I also do think it can't always be us pointing it out because then it looks like sour grapes and it looks like bitterness. If we're yeah. always... The men on those, who are on those bills, it has to come from them yeah. as well. Otherwise, nothing... It has to be... If you're sat, you know, as a male comic and you're constantly in green rooms with no women in... Just point it out. You don't have to do it aggressively. You don't have to do it meanly. You don't have to start putting down ultimatums. But just say, what happened this week? Could you not find 
But then they've, even know, that you got that. The thing is, though, that is going to wind some people up. It's a very tricky it's thing how, to that do. That might not be a good, any, a yeah. good way to put it. But do you know what I mean? It, it can't just come. We no. shouldn't have to be the ones constantly pointing it out. But that's what I mean. So when promoters, because promoters ask you all the time, who, who's decent, or yeah. or just out, or what I've done a few times is just I've gone. I love your club. Um, I think you should keep have a look at these people. These are really cool. Yeah, you know, put their that's names the forward. Do, do that. Yeah. Yeah, after the gig, just go, yeah. by the way, I've seen these people, they're really good, you might want to get them in for your club, and hopefully that's enough for them to go, oh, these people are all women, that's uh, an interesting yeah. that you sent me that. You know, because I do think that there, there's a, I know there's that fear of going, oh, well, if I rock the boat and if I piss them off, then they won't book me. You go, well, you've got that privilege of being booked by them anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah, it's a tricky one. Either stand up or, or be an ally or don't. Like, yeah, it's yeah, a tricky yeah. one to manoeuvre. No one's asking you to lose work. No. But also, we're losing work because they won't book us. Yeah, I know. But I think that's the way. I think rather than stood in the green room going, oh, mate, I know. Because the other thing is, because booking gigs myself, you know that um, you'll book people and last minute they'll get, they'll, oh, get, yeah. they'll pull out because they've got... The thing is, there are fewer women doing comedy and so there are fewer women that are on a level that are you know for these other clubs or tv or whatever yeah. so when someone's on that level and something comes along of course they've got to take the opportunity yeah. so they're going to get they're going to get they're going to take that that gig out and it's not yeah they have and to. i do and i do get that lot. argument yeah. and i know that does happen a lot and i do understand that argument of availability mm. however if a club is routinely booking all male lineups, then that's not their excuse. They're just no. not looking in the right places. You know, I, the amount of times I've seen that excuse and I've been like, well, I was sat at home that night. I would have done it if they'd phoned me. Yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. phone me. Yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can only use that excuse so much that the women aren't available. Because I, I often, what will happen, I'll, I'm in a group of female um, comedians in a WhatsApp group. You know, you'll post something going, did any of you get asked to do this, by the way? Mm. None of them have. No. You're like, well, then they, they can't use that excuse, can they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If none of us that are all pro comics who do the clubs have actually been asked. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a difference between it being a one-off, and I know that happens sometimes. You can't help it. I know I've booked gigs. I know what it's like. People pull out last minute, and you just got to get whoever's available. Of course. Yeah. But if it's routinely happening... Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to go. And also, why... Who's in your phone book that you only ever managed to replace them with a man? Or were there women available? You just don't have their contact details. Yeah, no, you're you know, right. You've you're got right. everyone's yeah. contact details. Mate, that's your job as a promoter yeah, yeah, to make yeah. sure you're on top of who's coming through and you can contact them. Yeah. Or if you, ha or if you haven't. Sometimes it's laziness. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't, then look at the bill and go, actually, I could do with. Sometimes you do get that. You get people posting, um, I really I want, I need someone to replace someone for this gig, but yeah. I really need someone that isn't a straight white dude. And you go, that's fair enough. That's, yeah. that's how you do it. You yeah, know, exactly. specify and and you know make that's how you make those changes. There's very yeah. there's I you know as far as I can see, there's very few people now that aren't making an effort. There's a yeah. there are still there are still a few that kind of it's still a couple that go fuck it. I don't give a shit. It's my club, and you go oh I can't argue with that either. That's yeah. up to you. Yeah. But there are some like you say, it's just they'll just stick to the same names. And, yeah, but it's just know, they've yeah. known the same people for 30 years. So they phone up the same people. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, that's just laziness. That's just, and you go, well, that will, you know, it's very interesting when you look at what's happened with the comedy store in London, which used to have that problem big time. Mm. And then it really shifted its, its um, sort of mindset, really, and was like, oh, actually, and now you the lineups are so much more exciting and fun. And it's not the same four blokes doing jokes about their wives you know <laughs> doing the same jokes about their wives yeah it's different and it's exciting and fun and i think people can see how that has really helped the comedy store yeah you know which oh, is definitely. an exciting place to be again now yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah you know it shows you might think like your club is the best it can be well maybe it isn't maybe it could be yeah. better <laughs> but i think that's the same like we said across the board with all in all um in, in all lines of employment mm. it's just that it's just that people just have that a lot of these old-fashioned men and that's how they got to where they are it's like you know they it was nepotism or it was whatever it was yeah. uh that old-fashioned kind of you know taking care of your mates things like that and yeah 
you know and if you're not in with those people you're not going to get a look in and sexism yeah. let's just fucking call it what it is it's well yeah misogyny it's and I really, sexism i really noticed after the pandemic there was a real step backwards so before the pandemic hit i on my timeline you know there's lots of promoters lots of comics on my facebook feed and i would see gig posters go up and they would start like before the pandemic they were getting really well mixed and it was really encouraging it was like yes then after the pandemic it was suddenly all male lineups again it was really weird how quickly mm. that happened and i was like oh it's just people after the pandemic have just rang their mates yeah. to get their mates work and i get that you go everyone's had a tough time my mate's not worked for two years i'm gonna get him into you know and i do understand why you do that but it's very telling that all your mates are men because that's what you they're who you've been booking longest I know. you haven't got the same relationships yet with the female comics that you book you know yeah. like, and it's changing and it will change yeah um, it, does, it does take a while to it does yeah. take a while to get your head around like i because you know because years ago i you just didn't think about it you just kind of booked who you knew so you know well, this was i mean this is going back about 15 years so yeah there was it was just i was just booking whoever was around i didn't really yeah. think about it it's not till now i'm booking gigs again and you really you do it just takes it just takes a little bit more effort to go right i'm already emceeing and i'm a straight white dude so we probably don't need another one so let's yeah. mix it up and like i say sometimes i might there was one there was once i completely forgot to fucking book it and it was like a week before doesn't sound ah, like you rich shit i know yeah i was sitting, it's because i go i go oh, i got ages and mm. <laughs> it's this one off and so i did you got I adhd just, mate yeah. but never mind go ahead <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm gonna be one of them all right um so oh, yeah no, but, but there is yeah <laughs> but yeah you do you just takes a bit more and there is there's there's a gig i book and it's not a regular gig and i remember it was i was emceeing it and i booked it was all women and and i sent it to the promoter and he went oh right yeah that's cool i went they're all brilliant they've done apollo they've done this that, and the other he went right here he goes oh it's just a, you know i don't know if people in the town might not be ready for <laughs> that and he go yeah but if we don't do it then the people in the town aren't going to get used to it and as it turned out it was a fucking brilliant night everyone had a really good time that excuse is such a really makes me like that oh it's not me it's the audience won't hack it the audience don't give a fuck if you're funny no, they don't funny. give a fuck as long as you're funny yeah and they're not counting they're not an audience isn't going wait a minute this is three women in a row i just don't believe they're doing that no. if they're three funny women in a row and i'm sorry you don't get to be on live at the apollo if you're not funny. you just don't no. go, oh they were on live at the apollo they're not funny they must be they must be funny otherwise you don't get to do that show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um you know and so they might not be your cup of tea and that's a different thing it's you know it's <coughs> the the thing that the, the comments I find easiest to ignore on Twitter or any, you know, social media at all are the ones that go, you're not funny. Mm. Get off my telly. You're not funny. Why are you there? You're not funny. And I find them really easy to ignore because those people, all they're doing is showing their sense of entitlement. And it really yeah. makes me laugh because you ask anybody, right? Individually, you go up to that person who's shouted at me that I'm not funny on Twitter. If I was to sit that person down and go, do you believe the following statement? People have different senses of humor. They would go, well, yeah, obviously people have yeah, different yeah, senses yeah. of humor. And I go, right then. So why are you so angry that not everything on telly is catered to yours? Yeah, what yeah, makes yeah. your sense of humor more important than anyone else's that everything on TV has to be directly aimed at you and everyone yeah. else can go fuck themselves. I know. Yeah. You know, it's such a simple equation. Go, all you're actually showing me there is your sense of entitlement that you think every bit of entertainment out there should be catered to you and your specific taste. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck you. They're not. So tough shit. They're the sort yeah. of people we watching Top of the Pops back in the day and then ringing up. Hello, is that ABBA? Yeah. yeah. I think you're shit. Yeah. Yeah, but we've sold millions of records. Yeah, but yeah. I think you're shit. Yeah, but we wouldn't, be so... on, we wouldn't be on Top of the Pops if we were shit. No, you're shit. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's the same people as well that complain, like, if there's a celebrity show, like, if there's a celebrity master chef or something's on, and you see them all on Twitter, huh, celebrities, I've never heard of them. You go, no, because you're 65 and you watch the same four channels. That's why you never heard of them. <laughs> like, you may not be aware of this, but there's a, an internet now. Yeah. And infinite ways of consuming entertainment. And do you know what? If that person has a million YouTube followers, 
They're famous, whether you know who they are or not. Yeah. Just because you only know who's yeah. famous by if they're in Midsummer Murders. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, who do you think you are that you're the arbiter of what's famous and what isn't? Yeah. It's so funny. You know, so it's... Those, yeah. Those, that just don't bother me at all because I'm like, oh, all you're doing is showing yourself up there as being an entitled prick. That's fine. You look like a dick here. Yeah, yeah. But when do they you know, have a dig at my, you know, oh, I get it a lot. My weight fluctuates a lot. You know, I've always been mm. a yo-yo dieter. I'm one of those. I'm fat one minute, thin the next. That's just how my life is. And the amount of stuff I get about that. And even the ones that are trying to be kind piss me off. You know, I've had people go, oh, I've noticed you lost a lot of weight recently. I just want to check you're all right. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. That's my family's job to check I'm all right if I've lost a lot of weight. Not you, stranger on the internet. <laughs> How dare you police my... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. My... Because I, I remember growing up and, my, you know, you'd be with family or whoever and... Or, and you know, you'd be walking down the street and then you can hear them like, I'm state of that. Look at them. Or sitting in front of the telly and, what the fuck? Look at that. I remember yeah. when Boy George turned up and everybody went, what the fuck? What, what is that? I don't understand. What don't... He's going, yeah, they couldn't understand it. And they were like, that's a woman. He goes, it doesn't fucking matter. They're still great. And, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it was, there was, yeah. And so that's in my head. And I battle that all the time because it's obviously gone into, so I find myself walking down the street and I had this inner monologue where I'm, I walk down and go the fuck is that at and I go yeah but they're just doing what they want to do it makes no difference to you why are you why are you bothered about it and then I have to go yeah that's because of you, when your mum and dad used to walk down the street and they used to say things like yeah. that and that goes on in my head all the time but also I, I think like we're all human beings and yeah. human beings make judgments instantly mm, back to what we're saying, whether yeah. they're fair or not right we make judgments and we always have and always will and our thoughts that we have in those moments aren't who we are. No. Like, I, I've really learned that recently, is your thoughts aren't you. They're a voice in your head. And sometimes you have thoughts that can make you go, where the fuck did that come from? I must be an animal. <laughs> All the they time. just think they're just passing through your brain, right? You yeah. can choose to ignore them. You can look at them and go, well, that was interesting that you thought that. But the difference is you might see someone walk down the street and think to yourself, Christ, look at the state of that. You don't put it on Twitter. No, that's true. And at that person in it. That's the difference. No. People are always going to have opinions about me. That People are always going to see me on the street and think I look fat, ugly, whatever. That's up to them. And their opinions, their thoughts are none of my business. What upsets me is when they tweet them to me. Yeah. They, they make them my yeah, business. Yeah, they have to tell you. They have to tell you yeah. because that, that, that only shows insecurity in their own life because nobody, <laughs> nobody who's happy does that. Nobody who's got a happy, carefree existence feels the need to tear anyone down on Twitter. They don't. No, but that, that's their thing, isn't it? That's what gives them, they were not pleasure, but it makes them feel better. It's like, oh, yeah. I've, now, I've now upset this person because some yeah. people just do, I just want to do that. They just want to, they want to hurt someone. In because order to they're make hurting. Feel yeah. Because they're hurting and, and they see you on TV and the assumption is, and it's an assumption that before I started doing telly, I probably would have made somewhere in my head that if you're on, on telly, you must be A, rich and be happy. You mm. must be because yeah. you're on telly, right? Isn't that the dream? And particularly now, you know, the days of just a few appearances on telly making you rich are long gone. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't live in a mansion. I live in an no. ex uh, housing association flat um you know it's that's the reality of it um <coughs> but they've made these assumptions about you yeah and i i i can't change those assumptions but they because their life isn't as good as they perceive yours to be regardless mm. of what your life is actually ha has going on in it they feel they have to bring you down somehow yeah. because i'm feeling bad about something i need you happy person how dare you be happy when i'm feeling this bad there's a way i can make you feel bad yeah and that's that's what it is you know and that's the thing i really did struggle with and i've have to, uh, and i still do occasionally because you know none of us are perfect some days i look at what's written about me on twitter and i can just ignore it and other mm. days it gets to you because yeah, you're human you know um but what i find really weird about being in the public eye or however you want to put it is this idea that people have very fixed opinions about who you are what you think mm. what you're like as a person yeah they believe that they know that <laughs> and they don't no. you know and i find that so weird that complete strangers people i've never met have opinions about who i am as a person and yeah. that i find 
that can get to me sometimes when, you know, I, I people will go, oh, she's really cold or she's really, oh, she's really selfish or she's really this, that and the other. And I'm like, I don't think I'm those things. Like I've got loads of friends and I'm, mm. you know, or, or the sort of this idea that they know exactly who you are politically. They know exactly what you think, what your opinions are, what... I find that really freaked me out when people who never met me suddenly thought they knew me. Yeah. And now I just have to remind myself, they don't know me. They don't know me. They think they do, but they don't. And so no. it doesn't, their opinions don't matter. They're their business. Yeah, yeah. The thing is as well, I, I, I'm different people at different times, like depending on where I've had enough sleep, depending on if I'm worried about something, depending on my blood sugar levels, if they're up or down or whatever. Mm. And, you know, and it's so sometimes I can seem a bit of a prick. Sometimes I could seem like the best person you've ever met. It just depends where I'm at. But yeah. I think fundamentally, I'm, you know, all of us, we're pretty decent. It's yeah. just sometimes, and, I, and I'm more aware of it now. Like I, if I've been a bit of a prick, I will, I can, I will message or ring up and go, listen, when I saw you earlier, I was a bit off. I'm really sorry about that. I'm just worried about this thing. And most people kind of go, yeah, it's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. You know, we're it's all fine. pricks when we're, we're all worried pricks about at times. Yeah. yeah. We can all yeah. be dickheads, mate. But and there's so, that you thing. Know, if yeah. you meet someone um, in the street when you're having a bad day, you know, and somebody wants to talk to you, they don't know what your is going on in your day. And then um, their interaction with you, if it's not what they want it to be, yeah, they then go and tell everybody, I met that Angela Barnes, what a bitch. <laughs> you know, and so everyone, and it could have yeah. been that I was running to get a train or, you yeah. know, I've just got I, some bad news or whatever. Yeah, I just didn't, I wasn't in a place where I could have a selfie yeah. with you. Yeah, and suddenly, yeah. You're, and, and I, I totally empathise with that because we all do that. When I was little, <coughs> um, uh, I had, uh, I used to go, uh, I grew up in Maidstone and my house was right near where they filmed um, uh, Motormouth and Number 73 on those oh, Saturday Oh, wow, yeah. So I used to go down there with my autograph book on a Saturday morning, you know, and get autographs of people. Oh, and sometimes people come out and they'd be happy to, and other times they'd be really rude or ignore us or just, and you'd be like, oh, they're an arsehole. And actually now I think maybe they've been up all night, you yeah. know, these were pop stars who were probably doing some, <laughs> and then some, They've got to do some kids' TV show at eight o'clock on a Saturday yeah. morning. Of course, they're in a bad mood, you know, or they've just <laughs> met up with their boy, or whatever. You know, now I can look back. But at the time, I would have been like, yeah, that person's a prick. They wouldn't yeah, give fuck me that a prick. They yeah, would fuck it, that prick. <laughs> and then if you had yeah. Twitter back then, imagine. I just oh, met God. <laughs> yeah. I probably would have been a troll. No, I, I, would have been a, I probably would have been a troll. I don't think I would have been a troll. Uh, worry yeah, too much yeah. about pleasing people to be a troll, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. But you're. But that's it. We've talked about this before, about you growing up in Maidstone, because I grew up not far from you. Yeah. So we, you and I, have, and we spoke about the fact that we, you know, our dad's, hung out together we yeah that's that so out. funny we Man. worked that out we were in new zealand weren't we yeah, we yeah, yeah. and yeah. um yeah so yeah we grew up in the same manner that's it yeah, yeah same ends, yeah. bruv and yeah. uh but it's funny because you're very you're very vocal very vocal about you know losing your dad at a young age yeah. and i th and it's every time you talk about him it's always with a fondness and a and it's how it's it, it's almost like you're, that's how you sort of keep him alive and with you it's just yeah just the way you talk about him is so lovely and the, 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 and you talk about the fact that you know oh. he, he had a, he had a sex shop and he had the, uh, but it but it's not it's not seedy it's it's almost like stupid you go what and, and it's ridiculous and I, but I, it's, it's a really nice way that you talk about him yeah that, thank you, know, you. that's yeah. lovely i well i mean the <coughs> the thing is my dad died so he was 60 when he died which is mm. God, that's scarily young. You know, it's only 14 years older than I am now. That's, yeah. you know, that's terrifying when you think about it. Um, so, and he died very suddenly. And and the, the truth is, I don't think I would have found this job and this career if he hadn't died when he did, because it was that that sort of made me go, right, life's short. What is it I actually want to do? Yeah. Um, and that's a weird thing to reconcile in your head because I also feel like, and this might sound melodramatic, but we've talked about this before, Rich, you know, I was in a bad place when I was younger. Mm. I was mentally very unwell. And I think if I hadn't found stand-up comedy, this career where my unusualness, which I now know is ADHD, mm. is accommodated, I don't think I'd still be here because I found having a normal job very frustrating 
very restrictive and I was depressed for many years and medicated and you know very unwell and so there's this weird sort of dichotomy in my brain because obviously if you said to me now you could have your dad back tomorrow but you have to give up comedy I'd give up comedy and have my dad back tomorrow right. yeah but I also know how unhappy I would be if I hadn't found comedy yeah and so there's this really weird like I feel guilty for relishing my career that I've only got because my dad died does that make sense like yeah yeah you know, it does yeah oh you're relishing this thing and the reality of it is that if your dad hadn't died you wouldn't be doing it are you happy your dad died <laughs> now you've got you know it's bollocks it's utter bollocks yeah. obviously bollocks you know and and I did um you know grief cast Carrie Ad Lloyd's yeah yeah podcast. yeah and it was really interesting sort of working because it hadn't really occurred to me until I did that podcast. I was talking about that and going, oh, yeah, there is this sort of conflict of going, I really love what I do for a living. I really love my job. I really love that I found it and it saved my life. However, my dad had to die for it to happen. Isn't that mad? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why he features so much in what I do. My first Edinburgh show was about my dad. You know, I know it's a bit I did a dead dad show. <laughs> because that was such a... A, a thing that was forefront in my life and yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. I was doing comedy and the thing that makes me the only thing really about my career that makes me really sad is that my dad never got to not only did he never got to see me get to see me do it he never got to know I was doing it because mm, yeah. he loved comedy my love of comedy came from my dad and he would be loving it like yeah. he would be so excited with what I'm doing for a living and and I feel sad that that he died worried about me rather than died going, oh, she's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that that's my biggest sadness is that um, I know that when he died, he was worried for me rather mm. than being like, I can go, she's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, but that's, but like you say, you can take some solace in the fact that you know that he would be overjoyed. He, mm. he, he yes, he was worried at the time. But if he's, you know, I, I I don't know about life after death and all that sort of thing, but mm. if he's around anywhere and he, he's fully aware of what you're up to, he'd be fucking proud, mate, and he'd, he'd be well chuffed. And he'd I think be loving it. Could, yeah, and that's what you can take from it, you know. Yeah, he yeah. was taken far too soon. But, you know, he, you know, he lived a life. He did. Oh, he certainly he, did. And, he? you know, my dad was very much... He always said he was going to drop dead at 60. It was weird. He always used to say it when he was younger. And I'd be like, don't be stupid. You know, only the good die young, all of that. Mm. And he'd be like, no, because his dad had had the same thing. His dad dropped dead at 60 as well. And my dad was a type 1 diabetic and he was diagnosed right. when he was very young. But of course, he was diagnosed in the 50s, early 50s, when yeah. things just aren't quite like they are now for type 1 diabetics. And so the damage was done early on, really, mm. in terms of heart problems. Um, <laughs> and he was so as a sort of teenager in his 20s, he was so frustrated with his illness stopping him doing things he wanted to do, he didn't look after himself very well because he mm. just was like, fuck this illness, I rule it, it doesn't rule me. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does rule you to a certain extent. You've got to work with it. Yeah. And he didn't really. And so the damage was done. So he always lived his life thinking he was going to die young. So I don't think he died with regrets of things he didn't do. Uh, he certainly had fun. <laughs> um, you know, so from that point of view, I think, and I think for me, for my relationship with my dad, you know, yes, he was, my dad was worked at a sex shop, was a swinger, was all sorts of, you know, debauchery, but I was his princess. Like I was his little yeah. girl, you know, my relationship with him was a father daughter one and a fairly liberal father daughter one, but not, you know, mm. unnervingly. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a normal father daughter relationship. And, and I know he, loved me you know and i yeah. felt nothing but love from my dad and so i think that's why in in my stand-up in my comedy or whatever i do talk about him a lot he is mm. there a lot because it's important to me that he is because he never physically got to see it yeah it's important to me that he's part of it somehow but it just know? goes to show you as well that that we talked about people being different people at different times there's always there's so many different facets to human beings so yeah your dad had that side of him like you said the sex shop the swinging the debauchery yeah but then there was a side of him where he was a brilliant dad and he yeah. loved his he loved his daughter yeah. and that and the, and people can't get their head around it. They go, yeah but he did all those other things you go well that was a separate side he wasn't taking his daughter separate. fucking orgies was he no he exactly was, you know what I always say about my dad terrible husband brilliant dad and you can <laughs> those two things can 
can happen at the same time. Yeah. Because my parents split up when I was nine, I think. Mm. <coughs> and um, to my mum's credit, she was never one of those parents that bad, bad mouth. Even though my dad had obviously done the dirty on her. Yeah. You know, and she never, ever bad mouthed him to me as a kid. And that's hard to do that when you're a single mum suddenly and, you know, this person's treated you badly. It's very difficult not to let that show to the kids how you feel about this other person and what they've done to you. Yeah. She never did. And she never stopped me seeing him. She never stopped our relationship with my relationship with my dad being a strong one. She was never jealous of my relationship with my dad because I was a daddy's girl, really. Mm. Um, you know, I think girls often are and boys are mummy's boys. You know, I think that often does happen that way. But she was never, she allowed that to happen. You know, she was fine with that happening. And that was so important because it meant those things were separate mm. at a very young age. So I knew my dad, you know, especially as I got older and understood how adult relationships worked, I knew that he was a little bit of a monkey, right? But <laughs> I knew that my relationship with him was solid and that however many different relationships he was in, whatever he was doing in his, you know, extracurricular, his time with me was sacred. And he never, ever... You know, if we were, if he was due to have me for a weekend, he had me for the weekend. He's, I never got palmed off. I never got like, oh, actually, I can't see you because I've got a better offer. My time with him was sacred. And that was, so you can be a shit husband, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a shit dad. No, that's it. And that's, I think that's what everybody needs to understand. Yeah. You know, there's different sides to us and we can yeah, be. Absolutely. One day, different relationships. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In, yeah. yeah, there are, you know, and getting your head around the fact that people, some people are going to like you, some people aren't. And so just that goes back to being a people pleaser. And I'm the same as you. I just, I'm horrified when I find out someone doesn't like me. And you go, well, then you have to, and then, you know, you work it out and you go, well, not everyone can. Just Yeah, just, you can't like everyone. I don't like everyone. No, Why I don't. I don't <laughs> to like me. And, and also, there's, I have this thing and I have to really stop myself. You know, it could be some awful, racist, sexist, misogynist, pig on Twitter saying something horrible about me and I'm like what have I done to hurt you and then you're like why do I want this person to like me <laughs> we always, if I met this well, person in the pub I'd think they were a twat yeah we always, we always want the approval of fucking dickheads like yeah. there's people I know that they only they only really respect people that intimidate them if you didn't intimidate them they would they, would, they didn't give a fuck about you it was just they, they actually looked down on you and but, but if, doesn't that speak to their relationships growing up like doesn't that speak to their parents yeah. must have been intimidating to go if that's the only way yeah, you can cut yeah, my yeah, respect yeah. by someone then they must have had such a a horribly intimidating parenting yeah to be like that yeah definitely this is exactly you because know, <laughs> if anyone's got loving parents who care for them then you don't that's what you look for in other people right yeah 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 um <laughs> Wow. People, wow. eh? People, eh? Uh, cool. That's people, what this eh? podcast should be called. People, eh? <laughs> people, <Jeez>. eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great, Angela. Thanks for doing oh, this. Um, thank you for having me. Mate, I'm glad you... you, you, you it's funny, isn't it? The more you get into as we got into it, you kind of go, we got more energised, and then like you kind of yeah. like, your cough and that kind of settled down. You settled down a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That, Still sound like yeah. a teenage boy, but I've stopped <laughs> coughing for a bit, so that's good. Uh, um, but you're, you're off on tour, mate. I am off on tour. I am. Kicks yeah. off in February. Um, dates are all on my website, angelabarnescomedy.co.uk. Lovely. And, um, yeah, we do the first leg in the spring, and then there'll be more dates in the autumn. So if I'm not coming to a town near you yet, don't despair. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm not coming at all. You'll get to I'll be to there it. at some You'll point. Get I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, nice one, Angela. So this will come out. I don't know if this is coming out, but it'll come out soon. But anyway, listen, it's been a joy. I love you. I love you too, Rich Wilson. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.